Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete. One hour today on AM570 LA Sports. Draft day, Rodney? Yes, it is. Exciting day. Actually, you know, it, it becomes, I don't know about you, Fred, when, when a draft comes around, but when, when you have a lot of quarterbacks at the top of the draft board, it it feels more exciting, doesn't it? It feels more exciting. I'm not saying it because I'm biased because I'm a quarterback, but it feels more exciting. Because when it's a bunch of offensive linemen going in the first 10 picks, like seven offensive linemen and no quarterbacks, it just doesn't feel the, the buzz and the excitement don't feel the same as it does this year where there could be, literally, it could be four quarterbacks taken – the first four picks and five out of the last uh, of the first six. Yeah, and that's because those are the guys where the focus is, right? Yeah. If you take somebody that high, you're going to build around them. They're going to be thrust right into the spotlight. I mean, we know the uh, the the suspects: Trevor Lawrence. Uh, where will Mac Jones go? Will he go to the 49ers third? They traded up. Justin Fields. I mean, how will it all play out? Trey Lance. So we we will have a pretty good idea by ten picks in where everybody's going to go. And Colin reported today, Rodney that uh, it looks like there's talk that New England is talking with San Francisco, trying to work out a deal with Jimmy G and, and make a move there to get right. Garoppolo back to the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense because if you're San Francisco, you don't trade up to the third pick not to get a quarterback, especially in a quarterback-heavy draft like this is. And, and, and if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, it tells you all the signs in the world that you're not the guy of their future. So if and it it could be the perfect storm for New England because they loved him in the first place and didn't want to let him go and they did him a favor and him and Belichick have the relationship, but for him to be able to go back to New England and get to his comfort zone, I think it'd be good for Jimmy and good for his future and and good for all parties around. I just don't know what what New England can give San Francisco. Well, it depends because it comes down to this: San Francisco really doesn't want Garoppolo on the roster, as you point out. I mean, when Kyle Shanahan was asked earlier in the week, will he be on the roster on Sunday? And Kyle Shanahan's response is, I don't know who will be alive on Sunday. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty good indication that... Uh, what, what, yeah, the only way the, the way you answer that is, would Andy Reid say that about Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that pretty much gave everybody clear signals that they'd like to move him as possible. So... Rodney, you've been through the draft. It's a story you've spoken about in the past, but we have new listeners join us and, and people that may not have heard the story. Of course, you were selected by the Lions, and draft day for you was very difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, because when I was coming out in 1989, the draft was, there were 12 rounds. So they did six rounds on one day and six rounds on the next day, and so for me coming out in 89, I was projected somewhere in the third, second or third round. 
and and then I was projected as the third or fourth quarterback to be drafted. So I, I was kind of feeling okay about it. I think everybody knew. You talk about a quarterback heavy draft. This like this one is. There was one guy that everybody knew was the first pick, and that was Troy Aikman. He was the first pick since he was a junior in college, and 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 so Dallas took him. Everybody knew that was happening. I think they did that deal two months before the draft. He was already signed and sealed and delivered. But after that, it was kind of a, a toss-up of who was going to go next, where they were going to go. And uh, I, I just remember sitting there, and it wasn't as animated and involved as it is now where guys have individual meetings and workouts. and all. You had workouts and you had your own pro days at, at the school, but it wasn't you know, the interaction that they're having now. But I got calls you know, from half a dozen teams saying, just, where, you know, where are you going to be? Where are you now? Stay tuned. Stay by the phone. And that went on for second round, third round, fourth round. And by the fifth round, I'm looking up and I see there's, remember, I'm thinking I'm, you know, third or fourth quarterback taken off the board. And I see four quarterbacks go, five quarterbacks, six quarterbacks go, seven quarterbacks go before me. And then it's the end of the fifth round. And I'm wondering, am I going to even get drafted at that point? Because they ended with the fifth round, actually. And so I'm like, I'm not going to. So I had to spend the night on on Saturday night not knowing which team I was going to get drafted by. And Detroit had the first pick of the second round, I believe, and, and then uh, or one of those early picks in the second round. So I got an early call the next day and uh, going to the Lions. So it was it was bitter. It was sweet. But I, I, I tell you what, I, I was able to use that as motivation going forward, as we've seen, you know, over the years, guys that, that are projected a certain way get, you know, slip in the draft and get drafted late. Look, you know, the, the greatest of all time was a six-round pick in Tom Brady, too. So people miss, and all this talk about it, oh, this guy's a lock, this guy's a lock, that guy's a lock. Oh, nobody's a lock. Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville is not a lock. I mean, the jury's out on that organization, number one. Yes, they've got Urban Meyer. Is that going to work? He's never been an NFL coach before. So there's no such thing as a lock. It matters where you go, the people around you, your circumstances, how you stay healthy, all of those things. But for me, it was exciting, devastating. And then finally to kind of put that behind you and go, okay, now I know where I'm going to play. Let me just go play football now. That was it. And then I used the rest of it like, you know, all the guys went ahead of me. I used that as motivation throughout my years. Where were you when the draft was taking place? I was here in, in L.A. I was uh, I had a hotel room in Century City. I remember my mom was in town. That was the worst part. My mom was in town. And, and she was, you know, as she saw that going transpiring throughout the day, she was devastated. And, and I felt bad for her. I knew I was going to be able to handle it. I knew, I, hey, look. I know I can play. I know what I can do. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go show them. So, but for her, it was it was the disrespect factor that they're disrespecting my son and not gonna give him a shot and all that kind of. So she took it really hard, and that was probably the toughest part about about that draft day for me. And are you literally, as you were then, just sitting there watching TV and waiting for your phone to ring? Is that really how it works? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, you're. I'm, I'm there. I was there with my agent, Leonard Armado, was my agent at the time. No, Leonard. Yep. And, and so we were, we we're sitting there, and we're, you know, going back and forth, and you're getting calls. And by the it's interesting too. Jerome Stanley worked for Leonard at that time too, so he was. Both of those guys were my agent. So him and Jerome, 
we were sitting taking calls going back and forth and seeing what's happening nothing's happening stay by the phone and then it just goes and goes and goes and one thing that happens in the draft is that one you know all these projections one player or one draft pick that throws that off then it can skew with the rest of the draft like if if somebody early doesn't take a quarterback at two or three instead of you know, they take a wide receiver or they take a defensive player, offensive lineman instead of one of these top three quarters, then you'll see a mad scramble of teams that are sitting at 10, 9, 8, 15 trying to move up to get that quarterback, and then it throws everything off. So it's it's a it's a crazy day. So, yeah, you, you sit around more hoping than anything else, but uh, you're waiting and waiting when a team comes up that looks like it's they're, they're in your wheelhouse. You get, you know, there's that anticipation, and then there's that disappointment. Uh, teams in the NFL do build through the draft. Good drafts give you a pipeline of players. That's just how it works. And have you been a fan or are you a fan of teams that trade up or down? Some say, unless there's a quarterback or a guy you got to have in that first round, trade down and get more picks, gain more capital. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm all, I was always a favor of, uh, especially once I started playing, of trading down to uh, – to, to get more picks, especially if you didn't have a, a real necessity. Like if you're you're a team and you're a quarterback away and, and you've got, you know, really nobody there and you want somebody to groom, then, yeah, you go get it. Um, or, you you know, you need a running back or as a left tackle that is a, that is a just a complete stud that, that everybody's got to have. You, you can't miss guy. You, you got to go move up or move up to, to go get him if you have to. But I was always a fan of, Move down, get more picks, get more, get more in your stockpile, because a lot of times the difference, especially if you don't have the first two, three picks, first three picks, the difference between a guy that's project a first round guy, say he's pick number eight and pick number fifteen, it's it's really a crapshoot. You really don't, you really don't know. So why not get somebody? So what's the difference between a guy getting drafted twenty seventh in the first round? and 34th in the second round. You know, it's not a big difference. So, so drop down, get two guys in the second round instead of your pick in the first. I was always a fan of that. And that's what the Rams have actually done really well. Les Snead yeah. has done a very good job of grabbing guys in the second, third, fourth rounds. He he has an eye. He understands what he's doing. Rams don't have a first pick. Uh, they'll be out in Malibu enjoying the uh, ocean and the yes. view tonight. Yes. Uh, but for the Rams, what defense, I think, is where they have to go. Yeah, I would think so. Maybe offensive line. Um, you know, that was that was talked about that that was maybe a little bit of an issue uh as it's deteriorated. Guys have gotten older, guys, you know, went and got paid elsewhere. Um so I, I yeah, offensive line and then securing the defense was especially some of the guys that they lost. And as for the Chargers, they go 13th. Uh there yeah. was some talk they would try to move up, maybe as high as number 7, but they're at 13 right now. And uh the the conventional wisdom is improve your line, go get that left tackle. The kid out of Oregon is one. There's a kid out of Northwestern that's another, uh, if they're there. But there's also a possibility they go defense, Rodney. Yeah, it's a possibility, but I think with the Chargers defense, and yes, they've been banged up the last couple of years, but they, when healthy, are very good defense. I think you go heavy. With a young quarterback, Like I, I think you go heavy, like kind of like the Cowboys did with – when, when the Aikman years, when they just made sure, and even the Tony Romo years, made sure that they bolstered that offensive line and that 
they had a bon- they had a group of guys that were around the same age playing alongside Justin Herbert for for the bulk of his career. So if I could get two offensive linemen, bona fide good guys, um, I would even talk about trading you know down, trading back. Maybe give me two, a first and a second for my thirteenth pick, and I'll get two offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, it's with a young quarterback that is talented like Justin Herbert is. I want to build around him. Yeah, how long does it take as a guy that played? How long does it take an offensive lineman, a left tackle? Guy comes in as a rookie. How good is he going to be initially? I mean, unless he's Jonathan Ogden, who was spectacular from the very beginning. How long does it take a player to grow into that role because it is so critical? Uh, it, 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 you you learn real quick who can play it and who can't. And then a lot of times guys, will, you, you'll hide them at guard first and then move them to left tackle or put them on, you know, if you dealing with right-handed quarterbacks, then you put them at right tackle as opposed to left tackle where all the emphasis is. But you learn real quick because that's where the best pass rushers are. You learn if the guy can handle it, can he grow into that situation, and you leave him there. But a lot of times teams will start a guy out at guard unless he is like Jonathan Ogden can start day one and, and handle it. Um, you start a guy out and move him around at guard or, and then put him at the right tackle instead of left tackle to kind of work him in a little bit and then move him over eventually. Well, the draft is tonight. You'll hear it here on AM570, LA Sports. We've got complete draft coverage. We've got the whole Fox team working. Kevin Burkhardt is going to uh, to host it. Jay Glazer will be on it. Joel Klatt will be on it as well. So you will hear every moment of the draft right here on AM570, LA Sports. Uh, coming up later on this hour, the only hour we have, David Vassay will jump on. Dodgers get out of town with a win. Now, if you're going to finish, finish like that, given the way you started here. If you're going to do anything... Get out of town like that. <laughs> well, seriously, I mean, God, that was bad. And it, good. It was a bad stretch, wasn't it? It was a terrible stretch. But, you know, they woke up, they hit the ball. The guy I feel for is Max Muncy. Uh, Max Muncy, you know, who leads the world in walks. You could tell it got to a point, at least watching, I felt this way, that he, he needed to hit. Sitting there, just walking every time. Good, you're on base, but you're not helping us. So all of a sudden, now you see him start to press. I mean, he was really swinging and missing. The best news about it, I thought the highlight yesterday, not only that the Dodgers scored all those runs, that everybody smiled, that they won, the last plate appearance for Max Muncy, he actually drove the ball deep to center field. I think it was right center. Mm -hmm. And he made the play on the track out there, and I thought, okay, he hit the ball hard. I mean, honestly, the Dodgers can't win realistically if Max Muncy doesn't hit. And I was just glad. I think he was like one for 29. Yeah. Uh, they can't win if he doesn't hit. They just can't. He's such a good guy. I mean, he's been on our show. We love him. I was just happy that he hit the ball on the nose. He drove the ball deep to the outfield. Another two feet would have been a home run. But I thought maybe it wasn't a base hit, but maybe, Rodney, that's the one that gets him out of this funk. Yeah, and I, you know, you think, you mentioned this, Fred, Um it's a it's a whole you see different pitches when there's somebody bona fide big time behind you that that other teams are worried about. And I, I think with the inconsistency of who hits behind Max Muncy and the variety of different guys, it makes a difference of how they pitch to him and they haven't really pitched to him. And then to your point, he presses and I haven't you know, I haven't been able to swing the bat in my last eight eight at bats, I got to swing the bat somewhere and he starts pressing. I just got to, I just got to see the ball hit the bat. 
and, and and that starts to happen. But I think eventually, as the Dodgers get healthy and they have you know consistency hitting behind him, um, then he'll be okay. I think the only guy I think right now that it doesn't matter who hits behind him, he's still going to hit is Justin Turner because he is. Yeah, he started the season with a bang and continues through everybody's struggles. He's he's been the consistent guy, and uh, I, I I love it. All right, I, I, so we'll have David Vassay coming on bottom of the hour. And I misspoke a little bit, so let me clarify this. We are going to have draft coverage. The Fox Sports draft coverage is going to be on the iHeartRadio app on the oh. Fox Sports Network. So if you want draft coverage, by all means, of course, it'll be on the iHeartRadio app. Download it, take it, it is, with you. Fred. Of course it is. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be on the app. We will have the Dodger game, of course, on the radio station. But Fox Sports Radio was all over the draft. And if you're interested and you want to hear draft coverage, make sure you have the iHeartRadio app. Let's go, Fred. You heard those reports about Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. You got some news? Got no news. Reports were, of course, that Aaron Rodgers, a little bit upset with the folks in Green Bay, and has indicated to some, I might be willing to go. And that the Packers have fielded some calls, 49ers, specifically one of the teams that have called and said, what's it going to take? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, if you're both parties. Yeah. But would you, if you're the Packers, move Aaron Rodgers? Well, at some point they've got to they've got to decide if if love is their future, right? So are are they going to do that? When three years from now, five years from now, or are they going to try to get as much much as they can for Aaron Rodgers while he's still hot? Right now, to have something to build around love as he stays there as their quarterback. You know, if you're the Packers, you kind of been there the last couple of years, haven't got over the top. So there's kind of two ways they're thinking about this. We got another three years of Aaron Rodgers to run at this thing, or let's just start over with Jordan, get a bunch of picks or get a bunch of people that we can uh, we can get from San Francisco because we can ask for the world and we'll help Jordan Love uh, develop as a quarterback. You go that direction, you know what you're doing. You're done. Yeah. I mean, you're, at least the next five, six years. Yeah. If you're running a business, do you want to do that? No. I'm gonna when you're that close? I'm going to pack it in for the next five years. <laughs> send this guy to San Francisco and watch him win. Watch him win titles, yeah. Because they will. If he goes to San Francisco with that defense they got up there. Oh, yeah. And those weapons and mm-hmm. the coach. They instantly become the best team in the West. No question about it. Uh, all right. So the Lakers last night, uh, man, that was just, that was nasty. Ooh, it's hard to watch. Yeah, it really was. And what, what was so demoralizing was just watching them get posterized. Just dunked on. I mean, you know, that's the, those are the moments where the guys jump up on the end of the bench and start wiggling around. Oh, my God! You know, there were a couple of those. AD, I thought he was going to have his nose broken when the guy jumped up and he dunked on did. him. Good Lord. That was nasty. Yeah. It's one thing to lose. It's that was a- one where your AD and your AD's teammates, you, you, got, you guys let him have that one. <laughs> let him have that one. You gotta let him have that one. He had he had to he had to step on you. And and number two, he's coming off injury. Why are you gonna go contest that? Don't don't go contest that because it he, he did get hit in the face and it actually was probably an offensive foul, but still they're not gonna call that. It was it was and then it was on top of that, it was kind of an embarrassing look, Fred. It's one thing to lose, <laughs> Rodney. Embarrassing. It's one thing to lose the game. All right, fine. You lose. It's another to, to just get punished. And and AD wasn't the only one. No. 
Truda got hit a couple times. Other guys got, and it, it felt like, yeah, they were getting bumped around and knocked around and uh, just didn't have the fight back. I mean, Washington looked like, I mean, they, and they are, actually have been playing well. But they, uh, they, they look like no fear, let's go win this thing. They're playing with attitude and edge where the Lakers were not. Yeah, it, it, it was ugly. It just really was simply put ugly. And now that leads to, because what are you going to say about it? It was just bad. They just got manhandled and beat up. Uh, when does LeBron come back? Now, there's some speculation because, you know, these losses, actually now you kind of cringe every time they lose. You don't want them to fall. You, you, you do not want that. And you cringe because you're like, oh, God, not another one. Uh, it may accelerate the return of the king who is, you know, teasing the world that he'll be coming to a city near you very soon. Again, good, LeBron. Just get back. The buildup doesn't matter. We're, you're in the midst of it now. This is the regular season. You got to get ready for the playoffs. So just get back as soon so as you, possible. You'd rather it be a surprise where you don't know. No, I, I don't you're need his the game, and then he shows up in uniform ready. To no, play. I don't need his buildup. Oh, here I am. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. But you keep asking when you when is LeBron coming back? Right. So you want it to be the Lakers announced that LeBron will be playing on Tuesday. Yes, that's you what want I want. That way, that's how I want to handle. Right. That's right. not that's not 2021, Fred. That's I know. Not how you know. The young kids do it these days. I, I understand. They want to control the narrative. I, I get that. Okay. Here's my Stop narrative. Stop getting off my lawn, guy. No, I'm not being that guy. <laughs> I, I'm being this guy. Just get back. Whenever you're coming back, you know we don't need to build up, and here's why. If they're winning games, it's cute. I'm getting close. I'm getting ready. I'll be there soon. You can't imagine. Yeah. If you're, if you're, <laughs> I don't think he said it. I can't, you can't imagine. Well, whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> if they're winning, that's just, that's really cute and nice. And, oh, the king is coming back. No, you're getting your butt handed to you. This buildup, like, oh, I'll be back soon. Just get back. Just do it. Let us know and let's go. And then there are two trains of thought. One I had not heard, which you presented in the tease. I was of the belief that he may return next week, right? Because, Adam, they play the Clippers next week, right? Next Thursday, they're taking on the Clippers, and there's a lot of speculation he could be back for that game because they play Denver on Monday, then they have two days off, then Thursday, obviously, at Staples, it's Clippers-Lakers. Okay, so if he's coming back in the near future, that'd be a pretty good place to return. But Rodney, you kind of hinted at, you think he might be back sooner. I'm, no, I'm Schultz. I know nothing. I know nothing, Fred. Oh, I, I would not agree with that at all, <laughs> given what you said earlier. I just heard, you know, and I hear things. I just no, heard that he's going to be back sooner than than the Clipper game. That's what I heard. You want to you want to share where you heard that? No, I, I just I hear things in the in the air, in the atmosphere. It's out there somewhere. Okay, well, did the air say how much sooner? No, no, air didn't say any specifics, but he said it could be sooner than the Clipper game. Is the King going to return against the Kings tomorrow night? All the air is saying is it's sooner than the Clipper game. <laughs> that's all. That's all the air would reveal. <laughs> Sergeant Schultz over here. I don't know about this one. I don't either. And you're breathing the air. I don't either. It's all not. Right. It's not my usual go-to air either. Just so you know. <laughs> we know your usual go-to air, and this isn't it. No, no, not the usual go-to air. <laughs> this, right. is, this is air number seven. All right. So we'll. Uh, well, we're only on for an hour, so we'll have more time to talk about that tomorrow. 
Now let's bring on David Vassay. Is it Hodges or up in Milwaukee to take on the Brewers? Dave, good afternoon to you. Hey, good afternoon. It's weird how Rodney said his heir told him that LeBron's coming back before the Clipper game because my heir told me he could play right now if he wanted to. <laughs> the heirs are mixing, Fred. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue brothers. We got a lot in common. Yeah. Hey, Dave, if you had to have a series like they did against the Reds, thank goodness it wrapped up the way it did. And uh, I, I was just pleased. I told Rodney at the end. Look, for the Dodgers to really win, and it's still really early, Max Muncy's got a hit, and the poor guy was really struggling. I was just thrilled he hit the ball to the warning track yesterday. I'm with you, Fred. If you look at his last 10 games, he only has one hit. He may have walked 12 times in the last 10 games, but when you're hitting cleanup, they need you to drive in runs. And I know Dave Roberts, when I asked him about it yesterday, talked about passing the baton, and as an organization, they're all for the walks. But the Dodger identity is passing the baton not only with walks, but also with hits. And that's what you saw in that six-run eighth inning with two outs. You saw hits. You didn't see guys taking pitches. You didn't see them looking for the walk. You saw them be aggressive on pitches inside the strike zone. So that's what you saw in the eighth inning, and hopefully that continues. And I think Muncie had a different mindset from the first at-bat that he had yesterday. He wasn't going to just sit back and wait for the walk. He was going to try to make something happen. Hey, Dave, you know, we've been kind of spoiled, obviously, as, as Dodger fans, and especially last year, them winning it all. Um, and, and when you look at this stretch that they had, which was so bad, but then you look up and go, as bad as they played and as bad as they look and as uncharacteristic as it, it felt the Dodgers were playing, they still got the best record in baseball. Um, I mean, doesn't that say something at all coming out of this? Yeah, it says a lot, Rodney, uh, albeit the Dodgers have played the Rockies seven times, so that really has helped them. But, hey, everybody has to play the same teams in this division 19 times. The Giants beat up on the Rockies and the Marlins this past week, so um, that's part of the equation. But like you said, Rodney, even with everything that went on on this homestand, and let's not get it twisted, it was a homestand that we have not seen from the Dodgers in a long time. Two and five, uh, that doesn't happen on Dodger homestands. In fact, the last time that they lost back-to-back -back series at Dodger Stadium was September of 2017. Remember when they started calling up all those, those guys from the minor leagues and played them and rested their players in September? That was the last time that they had lost back-to-back -back series. But the one thing that you have to take into account, and I did have a chance to talk to a few players the last two or three days, and they wanted me to remind everybody that they have had a lot of key players in and out of the lineup. Guys like Chris Taylor out of the lineup for a few games. Gavin Lux was on the injured list. Cody Bellinger is still on the injured list. Mookie Betts had a bad back, and then he got hit by a pitch in San Diego. So there's a lot of different injury pieces to this and why the Dodgers have not been having the same type of offense that we expect them to have. But now that Pollock has gotten over his tummy ache and Lux is back and Chris Taylor's back, hopefully there's some continuity with guys that have been there before and can do it. Yeah, and Dave, I was just going to piggyback on that, Fred, is because we were talking about Max Muncy. Doesn't some of it have to do with the consistency of who's hitting behind him? 
Because when you, you know, obviously when you got guys and you know Cody Bellinger's hitting behind Muncie or vice versa, then the pitches you get are going to be a lot better because they don't want to face that next guy with you on base. And and Max, for, for whatever reason, has had a variety of guys hitting behind him. Yeah, that's you have to take that into account, I believe, Rodney. You have to know what's going on with your team. And the Dodgers were having trouble getting hits after the fifth hitter in the lineup, the fourth or fifth hitter in the lineup. And you have to recognize that. You have to recognize that you have Luke Rayleigh hitting behind you and you have a struggling Will Smith hitting behind you. You have a struggling Edwin Rios hitting behind you. You have to recognize that. And a walk is not going to do the team any good. So that's my perspective on it. Yeah, and to be fair, and you talk about... Oh, you're going to be fair now? Yeah, I am. Mookie hasn't been right. I thought yesterday he swung the bat better. But since he got hurt, Dave, he just hasn't been right. Yeah, that's what uh, Nomar Garcia Parra told me two nights ago on Dodger Talk, that he may be playing injured. Him and Jerry Harrison Jr. just felt like his swing was not the same. But there, as Rodney knows, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. And I believe Mookie falls into that hurt category, and he sees the landscape of the Dodgers, how many guys have been in and out of the lineup and how much they need him. So I bet he... He played through some pain on this last homestand, but he did look more like himself yesterday. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Dave. I, I think that he sometimes you you play from a leadership standpoint as opposed to being 100% healthy. When he looks up and sees, and, and a lot of times it's, it's morale of the team. When he's in the lineup, it's a different feeling. And I think same thing with Justin Turner. I mean, he probably deserves more days off than he's getting, but – but from a leadership standpoint of him in the lineup and what that means to this team right now, it goes a long way. It really does. And Justin did, cooled off a little bit on this homestand, and I think you have to credit the pitching the Dodgers saw from the Padres. It's not going to be scoring five or six runs against guys like you, Darvish and Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove on a regular basis. I know they knocked Musgrove out early, but – you got to understand who they're facing. They're not facing the Rockies pitchers. They're not facing second-rate pitchers. They were facing maybe the second-best starting staff in all of baseball to the Dodgers. So you have to take that into account as well. All right, so they're off to Milwaukee. Uh, Brewers have been up and down, Dave. And, uh, you know, maybe getting away. I thought getting home would be good for the Dodgers. Maybe getting away with a win like they had yesterday will be a good thing for them. Yeah, and I talked to a few guys after the game yesterday, Fred, and they said the same thing. Not only going to Milwaukee with a win, but not doing it on the back of Clayton Kershaw on a one- or two-run win. Uh, scoring those six runs in the eighth inning certainly gave the Dodgers some confidence on the way back to uh, Milwaukee there to start this road trip. And also... What is exciting, these Dodger hitters, is that they are going to play four games at Miller Park. It is probably the second best hitters park in the National League from what players have told me in the past. So uh, I know on the bus on the way to the ballpark today, a couple of players told me that that was the chatter, that everybody was very excited to get to Miller Park today to do some hitting. Outstanding. All right, Dave, thank you for coming on. Dodgers and Brewers tonight, and you'll hear it here on AM570 LA Sports. All right, guys, thanks a lot. There you go. Yeah. Right on. All right, uh, just one hour for us today. And we did talk about the, the breaking news that Aaron Rodgers apparently has indicated. Uh, I'm going to tap out if I can in Green Bay. If you guys can move me, move me. He's got Jeopardy, too, Fred. He's, you know, he's got all these things going on.
Well, it'd be easier if he was in San Francisco, the yeah. flight down here to tape. Right. For Jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that is the news. We talked about it when we uh, came on the air today. But before we get out of here, even though it's an hour, we've got to have our spirituality. We've got to come together as, as a people. We, we, we have to unite. We're going to need this to carry us through the day, the Dodger game, the NFL draft. And for that, let's welcome on our dear friend Vic the Brick with a daily haiku at 2, which today will be at 12.47. And Vic, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon, Rodney Peter. VTB, how are you, buddy? Aya. And he is in for Kevin Figures. It's double A, Adam Oshlin, uh, the pulse of the Clippers. Aya! <laughs> And on the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours, give it up, show the love. It's Roddy I'm Pasolo. feeling you, VTB. I'm feeling you. Yeah. Come on now. Gotcha. NFL draft next. You got the fever. I got the Azul fever. That's six. That's six for an eighth. It only takes a moment to be enlightened. That eighth inning for the Dodgers was a call to enlightenment. A call to action. Incredible <laughs> momentum going into Milwaukee today. A call to action, Vic. Absolutely. Yeah. They didn't want to nurse a 2 nothing lead for Kirsch, the ace, 22, the one. They wanted to just massage a little bit Cincinnati and say, hey, with the Dodgers, yes, we're not playing well, but you know what? In this inning, we're putting it together. We're rolling out the good at bats. We're grinding. Next man up. The whole thing. So I'm confident of the seven-game road swing. I'm very confident. Dodgers go five and two, starting with Trevor Bauer against Eric Lauer in the midnight hour, <laughs> which is 4:40 first pitch. <laughs> yeah, and now I know it's crazy show today or give this haiku yeah from busan oh you're going busan today i'm going busan fred all right on this thursday april the 29th yeah burdened with dark thoughts i climb the hill to find wild roses blooming i'm feeling you and a six run eighth Adam, what are you doing? Adam, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the gong. Ronnie looks at Adam. Wild Adam, Adam is do something. in a six-run eighth. No, that, that, the six-run eighth. <laughs> but uh, I, I really actually thought that was a great haiku today from one of thank, the masters. Thank you. Yeah, Busan, man. And he brought it. Yeah. It touched me. It, it, was, it was really uh, thought-provoking. And then the six run eighth. You had to throw that in there. <laughs> well, it's Fred, really you... dominating my, my mindset. Is you know watching yeah. watching that beautiful eighth inning yesterday. It it was you know a return a return of the Dodgers. It was beautiful. 
Fred, you, you're not a fan of the enhancements that Vix throws on the haikus, are you? I'm not a fan of the, uh, of the enhancements, Rodney. That's true. <laughs> I'm going with the flow, Fred. Now, because when we started the haiku, for, for those of you that may not have a chance to hear it during the 2 o'clock hour, because perhaps you're back in the office or out of the car or, or not listening on the app at that time, uh, we started this a couple of years ago, and it, it, it really struck a nerve. It was very dramatic. Uh, it was spiritual. It was cleansing. It was Vic going with haikus from the haiku masters and they were educational and people really loved them. Well, as it evolved, Vic decided that he was going to enhance the haikus. Some days he changed them completely. Some days he made up names of people that didn't really do them. (laughs) I don't know if he went that far. Oh yes, he did. (laughs) Kevin has looked up names of people Vic has used and he said, that guy doesn't exist. And then Vic said the guy went by multiple names to be fair. You're doubting my archives. No, I'm, we're not doubting your archives. <laughs> but what I'm saying is what you have done, Vic, over the period of time, the enhancements have changed the tone of the haikus. Well, if something very especial happens, Fred, I have to enhance the haiku, especially when the haiku has has a connection. You know, two letters of the six for an eighth. Remember, burdened with dark thoughts. Yeah. And there were a lot of dark thoughts during this homestand. When are we, when are we going to come together and start hitting? When, when is situational hitting going to erupt again? When are our injuries going to you know, clear up? You know, when is Mookie going to you know, heal his back? You know, when is our MVP? You know, when is Bellinger coming back? Uh, you know, when is uh, A.J. Pollock's stomachache going to heal, as, as Vasse would say? Uh, there's a lot of question marks. So, you're burdened with dark thoughts. I climb the hill to find wild roses blooming. A six or an eighth. Yeah, that's right, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Adam. I think it fits perfectly. Not pretty quick on the draw yeah. now, aren't you, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> I've been enhanced as well. Yeah. <laughs> Go. I think it's fitting, Vic. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Thank you, Rodney. Vic, it was absolutely terrific. Well done. Thank you, Fred. It's, I know it's a crazy show. It's wild. and Let's go Dodgers. Milwaukee. Brew, you know, Brewers, Brewers, man. Yeah. They well, got nothing. They got nothing. David Vassay said everybody loves hitting at Miller Park. Hopefully the Dodgers will stay hot today. All right, Adam, thanks for filling in for Kevin for our sprint. Ronnie, well done as always. And Rodney, two hours tomorrow. We'll talk then. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down sunset, like in the scene. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say, to live and die in LA.